Welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. We are live. Of course, we're on a little bit of a delay, so I'm like watching my side monitor like, all right, please pop up and please tell me the audio is working. But hey, guys, if you can hear me and you can see me, do me a quick favor. Just drop a uh, hello in the comments. Let me know where you are tuning in from. By the way, I should introduce the guest, shouldn't I? What's up, Cameron? You've you've been hey, on Ryan. my YouTube channel before. Yep. Amazon advertising expert, and he is here to share his expertise. Thank you for uh, taking some time out of your busy day to join me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, a bunch of people have been getting access to AMS, Amazon Marketing Services. Do we still call it? It is Amazon Marketing Services. No, still, they, right? they rolled they it, it into just everything into Amazon their Marketing. ad console. So they're kind of like like centralizing all their different ad platforms. So yeah, everything's just an ad console now. That's what I call it. I know okay, a lot ad of console. people still call it AMS. So I mean, I think most people know what you're talking about. It's but, habit. Yeah. So yeah, okay. ad console. Let's just call it that moving forward. And um yeah, I mean, it's great. More people are getting access to advertising. It seems like it's a little bit underutilized. And if you've never advertised before, it's for sure like a scary thing. So I'm happy to have you here to kind of demystify what's going on and uh, share a lot of your expertise with with me and uh, everybody else here that's here live. So um, I'm excited, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is just intended to be kind of like a really beginner. Uh, here's how to set up your first advertising campaign. I'm going to um, show you a couple different campaigns that I like to use that are just real simple. They're going to be automatic campaigns, which work really well. Um, it's utilizing the power of Amazon's all their customer data and their algorithm to, to find buyers and increase traffic to your products. And you can have a successful advertising account just using auto campaigns. So don't let you know, the fact that you're not in there every day on a manual campaign tweaking everything. So you don't have to, like, you can't compete with the data that Amazon has. Um, and just letting them do their own thing. That's honestly for, if you're want to be a lazy advertiser, you can do really well with them. That's, that's exactly how I would describe it. And auto campaigns are not sexy, but what, and honestly, since the last time we chatted, like you helped me change my perception because I was like buying into that mentality too, where it's like, man, they're not sexy. And you know, you know that every now and then it's spending your money on some keywords where you're not interested in like spending on, but you know, you can get in there and you can kind of tweak them and touch them up. And uh, you, yeah, you really opened my eyes to that. Yeah. You can make them really powerful through negative targeting. And I mean, just over the last couple of years, since I've been running the ads, they've changed significantly where they now have different targeting groups you can adjust individual bids for. You didn't used to be able to do that with auto. So they're getting better and better all the time too. Cool, man. Great. We have a nice turnout too. What do we got uh, as far as a live audience? We got over 100 people on YouTube, 43 likes. Guys, hit that like button if you don't mind. And thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. It is about one oh, it's about five minutes after the hour. So I think, you know, if you're ready, Cameron, yeah, can, uh, I'm ready. Just jump right in. Cool. By the way, before we even get started, as a thank you to Cameron, who is joining us today just because he wanted to help, uh, he runs a expert level. Well, what would you say? Expert I, I level call Facebook expert. Group? Honestly, okay. it's for anybody. Yeah, it's Facebook okay. group for anybody. It's Amazon Advertising University is what it's called. Uh, but yeah, it's for, it's for anybody. It's a really engaged group. There's thousands of advertisers, not just merch. There's also KDP, Seller Central Advertisers, Vendor Central, all that good stuff. So it's a little bit for everybody. But that's what's great for advertising. I'm actually um, kind of glad you brought that up because even though this is going to be kind of like 
geared towards merch by Amazon. These same strategies work, especially well for KDP, since they're very similar. Um, right. You know, a lot of uh, huge portfolios of, of different SKUs that you can advertise, but even Seller Central sellers as well, where maybe you don't have that large portfolio. Uh, even if you just have one or two products, mm -hmm. these strategies work work very similarly. And I'll touch on kind of with the two different campaigns that we're creating, kind of what the difference is and who who they're for. But um, yeah, that, they're for everybody. So if you're doing KDP and you're not in merch yet, this is still relevant. Cool. Yeah. And, and I said expert level, but let's just say this. He has a Facebook group, Amazon Ads University, that you can find a link to in the description if you guys would like to join, and it'll help you get to the expert level. Yeah, okay. All that's right? Fair, that's fair, yeah. There are <laughs> so definitely some video. expert advertisers in there, not just me as well. So, Great, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, whenever you're ready to present, I will yeah, uh, let's, shift let's over the- jump in. All right. Yeah. Here we go. I'm going to um, pop up your screen here. There All we right, go. So it looks like we're up. So if you have access to advertising now on Merch by Amazon, they've been rolling it out to- the tier 500, a thousand we've been seeing the last week. So you're going to get an advertise link at the top of your merch account. Now, what we've seen is if you have a ad blocker, you may not be seeing this link, even though you have access to it. So if you haven't seen it yet and you have an ad blocker, definitely turn that off for your merch account to see if you have it. Um, and then you you'll get access to all the different countries. We're going to focus on United States. Um, it's where probably most people are selling, but you can run ads in. Um, any country and these same practices apply, but each marketplace is a separate account. So you'll be setting, having your own campaigns um, set up in each of those. So once you have access to this, um, if you've already launched a campaign, this is what your dashboard is going to look like for the Amazon advertising console. Uh, if you haven't launched one yet, um, you're going to have a different screen. It's going to be the create screen, but this is how you create a campaign here. If this is where you're at, we're going to create a campaign. And you're going to get to a page that looks like this. If you've never created one before, you're probably going to be taken right here. You might have different options for this. You're for sure going to have sponsored products, but you may or may not have a couple other options depending on the platform you're at and what you have access to. For example, sponsored brands. You may see sponsored display. Um, Kindle, you'll see like lock screen ads. Uh, and there may be some different for different platform. I'm, I'm not on every platform, but sponsored products is what everybody should be starting with ads. It's, it's going to, even for huge accounts, the, you know, the expert levels that know what they're doing is it, these types of ads probably comprise 70% plus of all of their campaigns. So, um, honestly, I wouldn't even worry about the other ones for, for quite some time. So you, till, till you have quite a bit of experience with it. Yeah. So but shout out to the sponsored brands though, man, those were my like bread and butter for a while. Cause I had the, uh, I had like kind of a, the vendor central kind of back door into AMS okay. and I could, run the sponsored brands. So I would get kind of creative sometimes and like use my seller central account to create additional. I, I did some kind of tricky things back in the day. I haven't been doing it as much, but those sponsored brand ads guys, those are the ones that you see above the search results. Like at the very top, you get the first visibility of the customer. Yeah. And, those uh, can work really well. Um, the, yeah. what I really love about sponsored products over any of them is how easy they are to create. So they look right. just like any other listing on Amazon. Um, but it'll have that little sponsored, it's right in the search results. Where with sponsored brands, some of the others, you do have to do more of the creative. You gotta put in headlines and some images occasionally. Um, but the, any of their ad types can definitely work well, but sponsored products is what we'll be focusing on where any beginner should start. And the first kind of campaign we're going to create is an automatic targeting campaign, uh, which means Amazon's doing all the work for you. You're not plugging in what keywords they're um, 
going to be using or what kind of search terms that you're trying to show your ad for. Amazon does all that for you. So they're super easy to set up. And this kind of campaign is a single ASIN campaign. So ASIN is like your product. So like with merch, it's your t-shirt. Um, so like this here is your product. One of my products back from 2018. So hot <laughs> seller right now. Um, your nice. ASIN is up in the uh, bar. Can you see that? Yeah, you can on here. Yeah, we can um, see. Or down in the product details here. Yeah, it's now, the unique identifier for your product. So in each like variation of color and size has a different one, right? Shirts, I don't actually think so. So they, they change products, that. yes. So yeah, they shirts it. has just one. I was actually looking for that earlier to make sure I didn't screw this up. But uh, any kind of like shirts, hoodies for Merch by Amazon, these are really easy because you can just grab the ASIN that's in um, the URL or here. Other products like iPhones, totes, um, any other new products, you have to get the child ASIN. So with Amazon, and this is probably more technical that I even really want to get in here, but you need, it's worth it's mentioning. Just, it's for the new Merch by Amazon products. You have So any product in Amazon, you have a parent ASIN and then you have a child ASIN. The parent ASIN is the one that, I don't know how to explain it. I guess it's just like the highest level identifier for the product and each child ASIN is an identifier for each variation. So each of these right. different iPhone cases, for example, has a different ASIN number uh, or unique identifier. So with certain products, you actually need the child ASIN versus uh, the parent ASIN like you would with a shirt. So and just that, a couple yeah. differences there. They used um, to structure it that way and then they got smart because it was kind of a pain in the butt, you know? Yeah, so you just need the one. We're, we'll focus on shirts and I'll show you what it looks like when we get in here with, with those different ASINs. Um, so we're going to create that first single ASIN campaign. So what that means is there's only going to be one product inside this campaign in ad group. So it's one campaign, one ad group, and one ad for that product. Um, now, as far as like how the Amazon structures their campaigns, the way I like to think of it is in buckets or boxes. So each campaign is a bucket that contains ad groups which are smaller buckets that contain your ads so or your different ASINs for your products. So one, one campaign bucket can have multiple ad group buckets and inside each, each of those ad groups can have different ads. We're just gonna be keeping this really simple and have one campaign with only one ad group inside it and one ad for this particular example. Just keeps it really simple. And that's honestly my preferred um, campaign structure is just one ad group. There are people that like to have tons of different ad groups um, I like to keep it simple with the way some of the bidding stuff works just to keep everything in one ad group. Um, so anyway, that I got a little ahead of myself there, but, um, so let's just start. We're going to create a campaign. The first thing to start with is the campaign name. And this is actually pretty important. Um, the campaign name, ideally you can just look at what you put in as a campaign name and know exactly what is inside of that campaign without having to open it up and see what ad it is. And there's a lot of different preferences on what that looks like. I'll, I'll show you what mine is. Um, I like to start with the ASIN. So with this product, I'll put in the ASIN, which you can grab from the product page. And then I put in the type of ad it is, which is sponsored product. And this is an automatic campaign. So I'll just put in SPA. So sponsored product gotcha. auto. If it's a manual, I'll put in SPM. Um, anything that's part of the reason you do this is anything in your campaign name is searchable. Um, 
on your advertising dashboard. So it just makes it much easier if you want to look for a specific keyword, you know, if you have a certain niche, you want to look at all the campaigns or a specific product, like with a single ASIN campaign, I can just plug in the ASIN and I'll be able to see what my, um, all my campaigns for that one ASIN. I already like your way better. I was doing like SP dash auto and it's like, you can just yeah, combine there, those. There's a lot of, lot of options. Then afterwards I'll usually put like what the targeting is from it. So this one is an auto, like all of, I'm just going to do all of my auto campaigns and I'll show you a little bit later what I, what I do differently, um, for some different segmentation options. So I'll do like the, um, what I'm targeting or the campaign goal. Um, so this might be like a testing campaign if it's manual or performance campaign, or if I'm um, targeting competitors, it might be like priority comp competition or something like that, right. whatever that looks like. And, and then what I'll do is put in different keywords. Um, usually what I like to do is just grab the title of the product. I'll just, if you've done your due diligence ahead of time, it should already be well keyworded, which honestly, before you're even launching ads, you want to do anyways, because especially with automatic campaigns, it doesn't know what your shirt is. It only has the title and description to go by on who to show this product to. So guys, the, the, tune into what he just said. Sorry to cut you off, but like, no, it's yeah, right. that's like important to really understand. So you really like, we're distinguishing between manual, which is a little bit more advanced and auto. And we're talking auto and uh, what Cameron just said there is important. Like the algorithm is just code written at scale and it doesn't it doesn't see the shirt right it just sees keywords and that's the keywords we provide so really kind of um uh, like you said do your due diligence as far as the keywords you're providing because you're gonna end up like spending money to bid on those keywords through the auto campaign um you know because it's gonna happen automatically <laughs> yeah and if it's and if you have keywords that aren't relevant it also means you're your campaign will be displayed to people that are like not likely to convert to a buyer. So you do want to be, I, I am a fan of having broad keywords in your descriptions because you want to get as much real estate as possible um, in your, which search terms you're indexing for. Um, but you do still want to keep it relevant. Um, I'm not going to go into how, you know, SEO, that's a whole several video series on its own. Um, but yeah, Amazon's going to use your SEO. So advertising, like step zero is having an optimized listing, which with merch, that's you have pretty li limited control over what you can do with the listing. So that's pretty much just making it SEO optimized for Amazon. If you're selling on like Seller Central, um, you have a lot more options with the images you can have on there. If you're doing like A plus content, that sort of thing. So you want to make sure your listing's already optimized to give your campaign the best chance of success for sure. Right. You don't want to pay to pay to increase visibility and then like your conversion rates low because your listing's not, you know, optimized to the best of your abilities. But I think this audience, all the great subscribers, whatnot, I think we hammer that pretty regularly. So hopefully everybody's doing the best they can with keywords, design, et cetera. Yeah. So this assumes it's, this is kind of like, you, you've already done your due diligence there. So I, I just plug in the, um, the title from the product there. So that's going to have any of the keywords that I really need. So if I do want to, um, kind of search by keyword, I have that, um, uh, typically I'm using the ASIN. Um, these, these single ASIN automatic campaigns comprise the majority of my campaigns. I do also a lot of manual as well, but you're still, uh, this is kind of your, um, if you look at your campaigns as a funnel, your automatic campaign for your product is closer to the top of the funnel. Um, and then you'll have like different manual campaigns once you find search terms that work and so forth. But, 
Uh, this is where you want to start and just start collecting data and see what's working. So we got our campaign name now. Um, start and end date, you can just leave this how it is. We don't need to uh, put an end date to any of our campaigns. We're going to base our end date on its performance, so just how it's performing. So as we're optimizing it over time, um, whether that means like pausing, different targeting options or keywords, that's how you set your end date for a campaign. Don't do just like an arbitrary date. Even if you have, if it's like a holiday shirt or something like that, um, you can keep an eye on it. You don't need to pause your campaigns because they sell all year round. I think anybody that's been doing this will see Christmas shirts sell all year round, you know, Valentine's Day, whatever it is. Um, I'm not a fan of pausing ads, um, especially if they've sold pretty much ever. So leave it, um, no end date, keep it simple. Uh, daily budget. So this is one of those dealer, dealer's choice kind of things. So anywhere from, I would say for merch by Amazon, anywhere from one to $5 a day to start with is, is a fine budget. I usually start with like three to $5. Um, same thing with KDP. I'd be in there. Something like seller central. Um, I kind of separate seller central just because usually you have fewer products. You have a lot more invested in these products. Um, you're going to spend more money on the advertising of it too. So you're going to want to hire, but higher budget but if you want right. to be conservative you can start with a lower budget they will spend over your daily budget now this is fairly new um, they'll actually go up to 25 percent over what your daily budget is so just keep in mind now even if you have a hundred different campaigns all with a dollar daily budget if you're being conservative with your bids uh, it's unlikely you're going to spend all of that daily budget uh, Do you want to make that distinction a, real quick, like about how, you know, you could set the budget to like $300, but if yeah. you set really low bids for, for clicks, you're never going to spend anywhere no. close to the 300, yeah. right? If you're so, under, you know, 50 cents, even 75 cents, um, you're probably just not going to be, you're not going to be getting all the clicks because you're not getting all the impressions because there's people <clears> bidding <throat> higher than you are in different categories. Merch is pretty low margin. So the bids tend to be lower. But not every product is like that on Amazon. There's advertisers that can afford several dollars per click with the product margins they have. And you are competing against those on some search terms. Um, but yeah, you're not gonna, more than likely, you're not gonna spend the budget. Now you can, and if you go crazy with your bids and you get on some very broad, you know, funny t-shirt search term, Amazon will spend, will spend it as well. So, but we're gonna talk about the bids here in a minute. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned. Uh, and if you do have budget concerns, just start slow with how many products you're um, listing. So we didn't even mention that, but what this, what this campaign is good for is pretty much any of your products that is uh, your best sellers for sure. Uh, if they're regularly selling organically, they're a good candidate for this type of campaign. Uh, any products that have positive reviews, so like four plus stars, um, even other ones that have fewer reviews, but reviews is kind of your, um, gold standard. That's what it, everything's about getting reviews. So any of your products that have reviews are good candidates for advertising because their conversion rates better. They will perform better than any products that you're advertising that don't have, um, reviews. So that's also keep in mind. If you do have some bestsellers, you want to run some ads for it. Um, and they don't have any reviews. If your campaign isn't performing right at the start, like that's fine. You're, you're in this for your campaign goal at that point should be just getting reviews and then optimizing it for performance better. Cause it will get better. Like it, that's just fact. Um, products with reviews right. have higher conversion rates. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And then so you'll get rewarded for high conversion rates by Amazon, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, a feedback it's, loop. 
It is. It's that snowball factor, sales velocity, some people call it, where just more sales leads to more organic traffic, better rankings, more reviews, which leads to more sales. It just snowballs. So, And that's why ads are so powerful because it helps your snowball effect. It's not like every, I, I should say every other platform, but some other sales platforms where you're really just optimizing your campaigns like if you, just for how the sales are coming in from the ad platform. Um, they're not like if you're getting ad sales, they're not also increasing your organic sales. For example, like if you're running a Shopify store, running Facebook ads, right. having successful to Facebook ads doesn't make your organic traffic go up on Amazon. It does. So it makes it that much more powerful. Even if you're losing money on your ads, they can still be a net prof positive, uh, and profit because of the organic lift that they bring. So that is, we should have um, led with that, man. We should have opened with that guys, you know, just real quick, like reiterate that, that, uh, what Cameron just said is seriously why I love Amazon advertising specifically. You know, we know Amazon is crushing in the organic traffic that's qualified. People come, they already know Amazon. They trust it probably a little bit to their uh, disliking how easy it is to spend money on Amazon. And like, so we know if we can get that organic rank, which by the way, customers also associate with like uh, social proof, like validation. They know that the ones that rise to the top are the ones that are selling well. You know, and with Amazon, you advertise, you're facilitating the algorithms in learning faster what keywords to associate you with organically, assuming that your advertised um, keyword results in a click and a conversion. And again, it's like that feedback loop where you're generating sales, even if they're from ads, you're going to start ranking better on those keywords organically. So it's, yep. it's a beautiful thing. Also, I just want to mention too, Eric uh, pointed out something about political um, merch slash anything politics, even if it's not through Amazon merch, just wanted to mention you can't advertise on that. So that is a good reminder. Yeah, there's I, I just looked at that list again. There's a whole bunch of things, things like swear words. Um, I forget what they said it was, but it just needs to be for like a general audience you're advertising. Um, but yeah, politics is out. There's a whole bunch of them. So you definitely like familiar uh, familiarize yourself with what advertising allows um it's not like they'll just turn your ads off um i it's not like uh, an amazon merch rejection necessarily not that those are all like necessarily super crazy but if someone if amazon ads turns off one of your ads due to politics or whatever it's not a huge deal um they're not going to like kick you off the platform or anything if right. you accidentally do that they want your money from the ads trust me um where were we here so all right, so we got budget, um, yeah, anywhere from one to five dollars. Um, and like I said, if you want to be more conservative, just kind of launch your products a few at a time or one at a time, and slowly launch new ones <clears throat> as you see how they perform. Uh, the, everything advertising is all about testing. You'll hear me say that over and over. You know, any of the content I put out, uh, it's all about testing. Not just what works for Amazon, but works what works for you as well. Just because there's a thousand different ways to run ads, um, so. Let's keep moving here. So we're on autom automatic targeting. So we're going to stay on that. Um, now bidding strategy here. Uh, we're going to select down only. This is the most conservative um, bidding strategy. Uh, what this means is whatever you set your bids at, Amazon will lower them if they don't think it's as likely that they're going to convert to a sale. Versus up and down, they'll, uh, they'll lower it, but they'll also increase what you set up to your bid. They'll um, up to double it. But since we want a little more control over our bids, um, we're going to do down only for this. If you want to be aggressive and collect data faster, 
um, you might want to do something like up and down. Um, and I'll touch on that. The, the difference between being conservative and aggressive is the rate in which you'll be able to collect data and optimize your campaigns faster. If you start at really low bids, you're really conservative, you're not going to get as many impressions or views on your ad, which means less clicks and less orders versus being aggressive, your bids are higher, you're going to get more clicks and more traffic and you can optimize faster because it's all based on the data you're, you're, that's coming in. If it takes you a month to get 10 clicks, there's, it, it takes a lot longer to do anything with that data. Um, so down only is what I recommend to start. Um, for this campaign, we're gonna do 0% uh, across our placement adjustments. Um, so what this means is any of your top of search placements, so that's the top four uh, at the top of a search results page that say sponsored, that's your top of search. Those are the most expensive um, bidding slots typically because they're at the top. Uh, majority of customers click the first three or four listings uh, and there's a lot of competition for them. So they do tend to cost quite a bit more. And Amazon allows you to increase your bid just for this specific placement. And this can be really powerful. I'll touch on that when we get to our next ad, um, ad campaign. Uh, and same thing with product pages too. So these are ads that are on uh, another person's product. Um, if you see a section like you may also like, you know, whatever products and it says sponsored, those are your product pages. And you can do the I never same had kind good of thing. I never had good success with those. I don't know why. Really, they can work <clears throat> really well. Um, fantastic, for sure. Okay. Uh, so I wouldn't shy away from that necessarily. You got to be careful with them because they can't spend money just like any keyword. So there is due diligence to just keep an eye on your campaigns and what's working and what's not. So we're going to leave these at zero for now. It makes it a little easier to, to optimize too. This adds a little complexity because this is done the bidding strategy and your placements are done at the campaign level so any of your ad groups and keywords are targeting inside that gets this uh, multiplier applied to it so if you have 10 different keywords for example a manual campaign and you put a hundred percent each of those 10 keywords is going to be now doubled if you have some keyword of those 10 keywords that don't perform well on top of search they're going to be dragging the other ones down so you got to be careful with that um, just in how it kind of waterfalls to everything inside of a campaign. If you are using multi, a bunch of different keywords or different ad groups, it makes it a little more difficult to use your placement adjustments. Um, so 0% uh, ad group name. What I like to do here is just put in the targeting, what I'm targeting, and this is just an auto campaign. We're just targeting everything inside it. And then our ASIN. Um, this is where you can plug in your ASIN. You can do a search here. You can enter a list. Uh, you can upload. I don't think I've ever done that, but um, you're just going to plug it in here and you will have to change this to all Amazon products. I don't know why, but you just do. And we're just going to hit add um, for T-shirts, um, hoodies. Uh, these ones don't add variations because what that's going to end up doing is. So you see here, we just got our one variation for whatever reason. It adds every variation. They're all like black, small. So. No. You don't want 55 ads in there. We're just going to do the one variation. If you want to do like iPhones, uh, totes, some of those, um, those you may want to do different variations. So like the iPhone um, here. So like if we have, if you just click on your get taken to your product page for an iPhone or some of these newer products, it's going to have the parent ASIN in the URL that we mentioned earlier. 
if you use that, you're going to get a warning that it's ineligible. You can't use parent ASINs. You have to grab the child ASIN, which comes from clicking on a variation, and you can grab it then from the URL or down lower on the page. So if we use that, let me get rid of this. This we can add all variations, and it's just going to add all mm. the different kinds of cases. If you do one, it's not, probably not that big of a deal, honestly. They're they're all going to target the same search terms more than likely, anyways, um, and they all look pretty similar from a thumbnail perspective. So, uh, but so kind of dealer's choice on that. You, you might just want to test and see what works better. Um, so you can go either way with that. Cool. Um, Good to make so. that distinction because I know that it can be confusing. <laughs> So we're gonna go back, we're gonna add the shirt, and now we get to our bids. Uh, if you set a default bid, so each, each automatic campaign is actually made up of four different targeting groups. So these are different kinds of search terms that your ad is going to be shown on based on your keywords and your description. So a close match, it's going to only show for search terms that really closely match um, what you have in your title and description. Uh, where a loose match is going to be a lot broader. Um, so, for example, if your product's a cat tree, you're going to show up for th things like wooden cat tree for a close match or something like that. Where a loose match, you might show up for cat foods, so like things that are a little bit broader. Um, and then substitutes and complements are more product page placements, but not necessarily. Um, but these will, if you want to go, I'm not going to go through each description, but these will tell yeah. you what each one products, they target different types of products. Um, if you set a default bid, it's just going to apply that bid to all of them. I don't love that practice just for a couple reasons, but, um, you, I prefer to go in and set it for each targeting, um, group itself, um, with close and loose match, having a little bit higher bids than substitutes, uh, compliments. You could probably just turn off quite frankly, if they don't work great, either you don't get impressions or the a cost is super high on that. If you turn that off, you're probably not missing out on too much. You can always test those later if you have successful ones. Yeah, I mean, far, honestly, guys, <clears throat> it's worth like, and and if you don't go to this level of granularity initially, just remember to come back and check because you'll notice that the match types perform differently. And uh, if you just have the same bids across the board, you're going to be wasting money on some that could have been used on the other that's more effective. So it is yeah, worth remembering. Yeah, and I'll show you once we create this kind of what that looks like to just go in and um, change some of these bids. But I honestly think that's one of the biggest mistakes that new advertisers make is that they don't look at this kind of granularity when they're making decisions about their campaigns. They're looking at the overall campaign as like, hey, how's this? Is this working or not? And then make a decision to pause it where you could have just one targeting group sucking up all the ad spend that's not performing at all. And then you have another uh, uh, targeting group that's doing a little bit of spend and it's performing, but it's just being overshadowed by the poor performing one. And you could be turning off um, potentially winning products. Um, so you definitely want to optimize these individually from each other. As far as starting bid goes, so this is another dealer's choice and it's based on how aggressive you want to be. If you want to collect as much data as fast as possible, you want to start with higher bids. Uh, and this depends on your product type too, where someone with a higher product margin can afford higher bids. Um, product margins on merch and probably KDP, I don't really mess with it too much, are much lower. Um, if you want to be super conservative, you can start as low as two cents. That's the lowest bid, um, but somewhere between two and five cents. And you can just slowly increase those over time until you're getting impressions and clicks. That's the most conservative route. Um, if you want to be a little more aggressive, 
I start these with a down only um, bidding strategy, anywhere from 30 to 75 cents, depending on what the product is. If it's one of my okay. you know better selling products, I might have a higher bid versus one that's a little more niche, long tail. Um, so it's you'll want to play around with kind of see how fast your products are getting clicks and impressions because everybody's are going to be different. How fat the kind of products I have are going to perform differently than Ryan's and his are going to perform differently than anybody else. So you really need to get it, just start testing, creating ads and getting a feel for everything. How fast you're collecting data. You, know, you can, it's worth mentioning guys, like there isn't a one size fit all approach. Like if most of your, like, let's just say you have a merch, merch standard t-shirt. Seventeen ninety nine. So you're making like what three dollars and fifty something cents profit per right, sale. Yeah. So your bids, if you're advertising, you're kind of hamstrung. You know they're going to be low. They have to be right. But there's nothing stopping you from pricing a shirt. This it could be the same design at twenty one ninety nine. You know yeah. what I mean? And increasing that the the money you can basically play with per conversion uh, with with advertising. And all of a sudden you can outbid your competition you know, kind of suppress their visibility because you're ahead of them and there's only so many advertising spots and you got more money to play with because you have a higher budget. You know, as long as someone's willing to pay 22 bucks for a t-shirt, which I can tell you they are, um, you know, so you can play around, you can price a t-shirt at 25 bucks. Then even the non-prime people get free shipping. So you can, you can play around see what works. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. To your point, the higher your profit is just the more room you have to outspend your competition. <clears throat> um, that's a huge point, especially if they're pricing their products low. If you got someone at fourteen ninety nine, if they are running ads, they're definitely pro definitely losing money almost for sure. Um, and I can just get shown in more places on a product that's nineteen ninety nine. I have a five twenty three uh, profit margin. I have five bucks to spend on my acquisition. And like I mentioned earlier, if you're not profitable on a campaign, it doesn't mean that's not a net profitable campaign with your organic. Right. Um, it's always boosting that organic guys. Remember he like what he just said, you could, you could be break even, but you're training the algorithm to boost you organically. So even if you're break even, it's, it's still in my mind, most likely uh, profitable. The only thing is you can't really associate an organic sale that benefited from you advertising. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no dashboard that will show you that metric. So no, there's not. I mean, you can kind of keep an eye on like your, how many orders you're getting and with ads versus uh, just total orders and then you subtract them, you got your organic order. So you can kind of keep track of that ratio, which isn't a bad practice. Um, in my experience in general, for every um, one order that I'm getting with ads, I'm getting three or four organic orders. And that's been with every level of spend from when I was spending uh, three, $400 a month on up to thousands of dollars a month. So it seems to kind of fall in line with some, some variance. So some higher competition, it might kind of, um, be a little bit less, but in general, yeah, three to four organic orders for every paid order that I'm seeing. I'm seeing that across other accounts too, not just mine. Um, so yeah, let's get back to the bids. We'll keep moving. We keep going on tangents. So yeah, bids conservative. If you want to be conservative, start low. You can increase those over time. Uh, if you want to be a little more aggressive, just start them higher. I'd say, yeah, 30 to 50 cents is, um, a good ballpark for, um, close and loose substitutes. I'll usually start a little bit lower. I might start them at like 25 or 30 cents. You're going to be optimizing this. So like ads isn't set it, forget it. So anything we put in here, we're going to keep an eye on how it's doing. Um, ideally you're doing that every five to seven days, once a week's okay. And going in your ads, see how they're doing and making adjustments. So that's and can I do all. 
can I do one quick thing just because yeah. I mark, I was like, I sent a couple emails and I said, guys, regardless of your budget, you can use this. So if you want to scroll back down just to the bid section, just to like make one thing clear guys, like if you have a low risk appetite and you're just here, like saying, Hey, I just want to like, you know, go baby steps, like put your toes in the water first. There's no pressure to start with bids yeah. at 50 cents. You know what I mean? No. Start under 10 cents. It may move extremely slow, but you will start to get some data most likely. I mean, again, you're under 10 cents. It's going to be tough, but you're probably going to get some data. And it may just be that you're spending a little bit of money and not generating sales. Maybe you'll get lucky, eventually make a sale. You know, low bids is going to be slow. But if you have a low risk appetite, you can still get in here. You can still hit that learning curve. And, uh, you know, I, that, so I want to make this available to everybody watching, even the people that aren't trying to spend a lot of money on ads. This is your This is your introduction right here with low bids. Yeah, hundred percent. There, yeah, no pressure at all to start higher because you can increase those over time in slow increments. Um, and that's that's the way to go if you have a little bit less risk tolerance, or uh, maybe this is your first um, PPC pay per click advertising intro. I've done a lot of pay per click even outside of <clears throat> Amazon before this, so um, my risk tolerance might, is probably quite a bit different than, than a lot of people's. I like to be really aggressive in my advertising. You don't have to be. Um, you can take it slow and steady and have a great ACOS um, and be successful. That said, if you are being too conservative, you probably are leaving money on the table with advertising. If you're getting a five, 10% ACOS, you could definitely be increasing your organic sales by increasing your paid um, bids and so forth up higher. So. Yeah, if, you're, if your campaigns are profitable, like, like Cameron keeps reminding you, you can come back in here and optimize these. So if you're seeing like a really profitable campaign, but your budget is $2 a day, you already know, double that budget to four bucks a day. See what happens, you know? So we're going to just launch the campaign and that'll start running. Might take a little bit before um, you start seeing any action there. You're, uh, so we're just going to go back to the campaign manager. Impressions is what you're going to see first. So that's anytime your ad is seen. Um, you can adjust your columns. Yeah, I didn't have it on. So if you aren't getting impressions after a couple days, you're going to want to go in and adjust those bids. Um, see let me refresh here that hasn't shown up yet okay that haven't shown up. i have another <laughs> campaign that i did for this reason because it does take them a while sometimes to create them um when you click on a campaign this is what you're going to see we have our ad group which i didn't rename but that was called auto in our other one uh, we have our placements which we didn't do anything well this one had some but this would be like where you adjust your um, placement adjustments. We didn't really get into that too much yet. We'll talk about more on this next ad. And then you go into the ad group, shows our ad, pause, which is fine. Um, and then our targeting. So this is where you're gonna see your different match types that you can turn on and off. You have a different bid um, for each of them. It even shows you a different suggested bid if Amazon has the data um, for, for what they think you should bid to get the uh, I guess most impressions for your money is kind of a, they give you a range, but that doesn't mean you won't get any impressions unless you're at that, even at the low, you could still get impressions on a, maybe not five cent bid, but if you're higher up with something like this, 20, 30, 40 cents bid, you'll probably still find some impressions. It'll just be pretty low, but this would be where you go in and adjust your bids, um, on kind of a, that weekly basis. You're going to be able to look and see how they're doing. Um, what you're looking at is typically a costs, your advertising costs of sale. Um, if that's doing well, you're, you're going to increase the bid. If it's not doing great, you're going to decrease the bid. Um, and that's, that's pretty much as simple as it gets. Um, 
I don't want to spend too much time talking about all that different optimizations. That's probably another its own video as well. Um, but that's where you'll you'll optimize this kind of campaign. Are we ready for that next one? What well, showed up here? I ask you something. Do they bill yeah. you twice a month or once a month on the uh, the ads that the the bills you run up? Mine, it, I think there's still a $500 limit for mine. So it's billing um, every few days, maybe. Okay. Because uh, I was saying like, at I the see, end of the month. I see the emails at like random intervals and someone asked and I was like, damn, I should know the answer. But like, I don't even open them anymore. I just see the email and I'm like, all right, yeah, they're I, billing me. Yeah. I, honestly, I could probably have the budget increase, but it doesn't really matter. They just bill my card every $500 spent. So, and then I, I believe at the end of the month as well, whatever's kind of left over. Um, so not a huge deal. You can get that increase. It's just not, I don't know, never really cared to. Um, so that's the single ASIN campaign. We already went over kind of who that's for, uh, pretty much any product that is selling. And it's a good starting point for collecting your different search term data and so forth. Um, this next campaign, um, that we're doing is also an automatic campaign. This I call a lottery campaign. Uh, what this is going to be is a single campaign with a single ad group inside of it still. So same structure as the other one, but we're going to put every single one of your products, every ASIN inside of that one ad group and campaign. So just everything in it. Um, what these work really well for is anybody that's got a lot of products. Uh, I'd say more than, you know, a couple dozen products, even seller central sellers out there. If you have a, a big portfolio, you could still use this. Or if you have products that are kind of closely aligned, they don't have to be though. Um, merch, these work really well. I have a lottery campaign with over a hundred thousand ASINs inside of a single campaign. Um, but what the goal behind these is using low bids <coughs> with your placement adjustments in order to generate cheap clicks on across all the placements and it utilizes the power of uh, for one your large product catalog with all the different potential uh, search terms that you can appear on and index on and the power of amazon's algorithm and customer data so you're just giving a lot of ammo to amazon to put your ads in places with cheap bids essentially um, and even in high converting places placements like top of search so that's the goal behind this one and they can perform really well um i think on mine i've last i checked i was about 17 percent a cost lifetime with hundreds of orders and a lot of these are on never never sold products um so another benefit of this type of campaign is just getting eyeballs in your products that's never been seen before every time i create a new product now about once a week or so we're going getting and getting all of our asins uh, new ASINs that we just uploaded and putting them in to this campaign. So we're keeping up with all our new products and it's just a, a ads are a shortcut to get your product seen. And that's probably the biggest challenge with any new product that you're listing is for one, getting indexing. Um, if that takes some time and just getting enough traffic to it because of how competitive a lot of search terms are. Yeah. And this is, I really like this strategy that Cameron's about to show you guys. Like this is uh, something that like I would feel compelled to do if you're watching this. It's something that Every I think advertisers you should, do. should at least test this. There's no yes. reason not to. And you'll be surprised how cheap of clicks you can get with this. Um, I, some of the ads on there, 
Um, I mean, obviously you're going to have a lot of clicks across a lot of different ads, but it's really fun to go in and see this ad had like four impressions with one click and an order and it's running something like 0.3% ACoS. And it happens across a lot of different ads. So it, it can be really powerful. There's a lot of variations you can do with it. Um, and you can start segmenting them, which we'll, we'll talk about once I create it here. But there's a lot of testing you can do, but I would start with just every single ASIN inside of a single campaign. So that's what we're gonna do. So this lottery, um, I'm gonna call this a lottery campaign and just all ASINs, we'll just call it that. Doesn't really matter a whole lot. Um, but ha I have a keyword for like lottery. So if I wanna look at all my different lottery, cause I'm running multiple ones of these just with different types of niches and segments. Um, you can type in lottery into your ad console and just filter it by all your different ones. So that's kind of the importance of keywords. Um, budget. So this is another one of those things. I do start these a little higher. If you have a large product portfolio, I would start these at 10, $20 a day if you have the budget. Um, otherwise, same kind of deal, whatever budget you want and you're comfortable with. Um, these do take a while to spin up, since, especially since we are going to start these at low bids. Um, it can take, it, it took mine uh, a month to really start getting going. It wasn't spending very much. And that's just part of Amazon's got to learn kind of how, where it's going to place your different ads. So that's, that's pretty typical. This isn't like an overnight, you're going to start having successful campaigns. Um, this is a long-term game. Um, so budget, yeah, anywhere from one to, I would say $20 or so. Um, but I'd say $10 probably around the sweet spot. If you got the budget, uh, automatic targeting again, we're going to do dynamic bids down only. So we have the most control over this. And I'll come back to placement here in a second. Um, like that, you can like that idea. Ad group, whatever you want to call it, all lottery or all ASINs, nothing too crazy. So I'm targeting all ASINs there. Um, then let me grab an ASIN here. So this is where we would put in all of our ASINs. So here you can use um, a list. It'll let you enter up to 1,000 at a time. Uh, if you have more products than that, which I know a lot of uh, merchers do, you'll have to, when you first create the campaign, you're gonna be able to only do up to 1,000 and you'll have to add in the other ones later, 1,000 at a time. Um, for merch, if, um, if you're wondering where you can get a list of all your ASINs, I've used Productor to um, app. There, there might be some other ones out there too, but Productor has an export of all of your ASINs. Uh, the caveat with that is the um, the newer products that have that child ASIN issue that we talked about earlier. It doesn't give you the child ASIN of those, so it's only going to work for things like standard tee, hoodie, tank tops, kind of the, the main products still though. Phones, phone cases are going to be a little bit more of a pain to add um, to this if you want to include that. But so just know that. So I'm just going to do one ASIN. So just to show you, because this doesn't really matter too much. Um, but you'll just put in all of them. So if you have thousands, that's fine. You can put up to 500,000 ASINs yeah. inside one ad group. I uh, I just dropped a link to the product or Chrome extension, which is free. So you don't need to pay anything. And uh, a lot of you guys are probably already using it. But I put it in the chat. And um, it, when you export, you just get like a spreadsheet. And so what, what I would do is just like grab a bunch out of the spreadsheet and move it over, you know. Yeah, it works um, pretty well. Uh, it can be a little time consuming, especially if you have a lot with the thousand uh, limit, but it's worth doing. So um, bids with our targeting groups, uh, these were, we are going to start low. This one is, uh, I would start low with everybody's, uh, somewhere between four or five cents uh, for each one. Because the whole goal is to find cheap clicks using all of your different products. Uh, so we're going to do five cents on each of these. 
And I want to jump back up to the placements now. So this is one that I do heavily use placements on. Other types of campaigns, I do a little bit, but not near as much. These, I, the placement is my primary um, adjustment lever instead of using bid, where uh, most other campaigns, I'll, I'll adjust the bid up and down. This, these types, I, I generally, you're still gonna do some bid adjustments, but the placement's gonna be more of your primary. So these I like to start at just 100% um, with the plan that this is gonna go up quite a bit. Um, I'll, I'll, a lot of mine are anywhere from two to 400% for top of search, for example, and are still profitable at that. But what these placements do is multiply your bids. So if we put 100% in there, it's adding 100% of what your bid is to the bid. So 5%, 100% of that is five cents. It's adding to it. Uh, the max bid with that placement adjust with that placement is now 10 cents. So for a top of search placement, our bid is now going to be 10 cents, not five cents for it. And if this goes up to 200%, it's now three times what your um, adjustment is. So a um, so 15 a five cents. cent bid is now going to be 15 right. cents uh, and so on for that. It's a little weird just because like 100%, like it's not yeah. what 100% of your bid. It's kind of additive, but, um, but not so a lot of people do this. Point. This is this is like stuff that you guys that are still with us, like this is something that you're going to put your like, I'm always thinking, you know, oh, I want to do something in e-commerce. Well, what's your edge? What are you doing that most people aren't doing? Hey, if you're doing this, you have an edge already right now. You know what I mean? We only, what do we got? Like we have basically 200 people watching right now and the replay is going to remain up, but I promise you, you are still in a minority of people running ads at all, let alone taking advantage of this strategy, which I can already tell you firsthand works. Uh, me and Cameron both can vouch for that. Yeah. I was going to show stuff. I, I just wanted to get something ready for um, just to show when there's data, but so I'm going to get a little bit more advanced strategy i guess i don't, I don't want to say it's like advanced but something that i've started moving into uh, because i do use placements with these um and because it multiplies each of these different <coughs> targeting so we mentioned earlier each of these can perform wildly differently that's why you want to go and look at your targeting and adjust each of these individually from each other based on their performance um now what makes what's difficult with that is you may have a plate here. This I have some place um, data here, just so we have some numbers to look at. Well, oh, that's not going to work. Never mind. I'm in like two different browsers. You want me to turn off the screen share for a second? Um, actually, let me see. Let me see if this will work. There we go. All right, um, so we got some data here. Um, this is one of my lottery came. So you can actually see the, the data. So lifetime 15% uh, with 354 orders. And I have a couple, this isn't even my best performing one, but there's uh, just to give you an idea of what's possible. And you can see each of these placements performs differently um, from rest of search product pages, top search and rest of search. We don't have a way to adjustment. We can't do like a negative adjustment or positive adjustment on rest of search. So what we're kind of doing is optimizing for rest of search and then using the placement adjustments to increase this to kind of control our ACOS there. Uh, I'm targeting about 15% with this as my target ACOS. So that's kind of, we're right in line. Um, but we're going to adjust this kind of where our actual ACOS is versus what we want it to be. So if this was high, 20%, it's not doing as well, I might want to lower my adjustment. Um, 
Now these adjustments, what ends up happening is in your, um, in your targeting, sometimes the, well, a lot of times actually, let this load up, you may have a placement that doesn't perform as well. So like my complement here is had a super high ACOS. Um, my loose match didn't perform as well as some of my other ones, but still getting spent. So when you're, you're just the placement, that placement adjustment still applying to the loose match. Um, and there's not really much you can do about that other than unless you're going to segment these out. So this is kind of where you're getting a little more advanced. What I like to do with anything where I know I'm going to be using a lot of placement adjustments is creating a separate campaign for each of these different targeting options. You don't have to. You can keep it all together and you can do this later, um, which I can kind of show you here. So if we want to just have this going, we're just going to launch our campaign. You did, did what you did um, with your ASINs, got everything in here five cents, we're gonna launch our campaign. And you can run it just from here. And if you see anything kind of getting out of line, if you're using all of them, especially on the placement um, adjustments, let me go back here. Uh, and this isn't the case, but our rest of search, which we don't have any way to modify. If this was high, say 20%, it's higher than I want it to be. Um, and we have all these different targeting options open. We don't know which one necessarily is the culprit of that. We don't have any more granular data to, that shows um, the rest of search on a per target option, where that's close match, loose match. We don't know what's causing it to be higher. However, if we do segment them out where we only have one target option, here, I'm gonna open up both so we have them. Um, if we only have one targeting option here, we know that rest of search is for that one individual targeting option. So like here, I only have close match enabled. I know that obviously this was like old data, but I know that this placement adjustment of recent is only going to be applied to that close match. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel, I feel like it was kind of a roundabout way to explain it, but uh, you just end up having more control if you, we're gonna go back to our new campaigns. If you end up segmenting those out, and again, you don't have to to start. You can just leave it just like this, start collecting data. And the data you end up getting when you do see one that's just kind of lagging behind or it's not performing or it's something that's like sucking up all the spend, you can go in, turn that off and create its own campaign for it. So if I see substitutes is like, man, this one's like really not doing well. You can turn it off at that point, duplicate the campaign, which you can do just show everybody just a, it's a copy button so you can end up just copying your campaign and changing some of those adjustments now if i do that i'll make sure i'm not editing my own campaign let me get rid of some of these um now if you do that you may want to change some of your titles like your campaign title like if we're going to make this only a close match you can go into your settings all asins close close match and we're just going to target this and overall, it just makes your adjustments easier because you know like your placement adjustments are only applying to that one targeting group. You're not going to have that kind of muddy data. Oops. Yeah, and guys, the more granular you get, uh, the easier this stuff is to maintain over. Well, I guess it's kind of, I guess the clean, like you have cleaner data and it's easier to maintain on one side. Or I guess maybe like maintaining profitability is probably easier. But also, I guess it's, it kind of does make it harder to maintain in the sense that like, yeah, you're going to have a lot more... Um, 
campaigns going on. You are going to have a lot more campaigns. There's, there's definitely like there's tools out there um, that can help you kind of optimize those in bulk. Um, there's if you're into like Excel, you got different report options. You can do that even with placements. Um, so there are some some things around that. But if you're get, just getting started, where you only have a few campaigns, using Ad Console is totally fine. Um, so we got our one here. Let me just change these names a little bit because we want to. If we're only targeting a close match targeting group in there now, um, we just want to make it a little more clear. So we now have, I'm just going to refresh. I renamed it. We only have a close match targeting group in here. And now I'm just going to copy it. It's probably going to take a little bit to end up copying it. But this is what I would do. I would just go in, make a couple copies of these. And once those show up, you'll just go in and kind of, hey, I'm going to turn on the loose match for this, rename the campaign and add group. Then in the third one, you're going to do it for um, loose match. So you have one of each of the, th the three targeting types and compliments if you want to do that. But um, I, I skipped that out. So you can go either way. If you want to kind of just start right away with segmenting all of them, just create three from the start, have at it. Um, that's kind of the direction I'm going with any new auto campaigns. Um, I'm creating is segmenting those out just so you have more control with your placement adjustments. Um, but otherwise, those are the two campaigns. They're pretty easy to, to create. The biggest hassle is just getting all of your ASINs um, through a tool like Productor. Um, otherwise, that's where I would start. And then it's just uh, wait for the data to come in and start optimizing. Yeah, man. I love it, dude. This has been seriously like a crazy good uh, presentation and extremely useful. And I hope that you guys that have access to AMS um, can find time to kind of follow the step-by-step -step that Cameron showed and like really implement it. You know what I mean? It's one thing to, to know about it. It's another to know how to do it, which now you know about it and you know how to do it. So, you know, that step three is just to put it in practice. Cause it's gonna, I can't imagine it not helping further your business. Um, we, we, like I said, we both do it and we know it works. We're, we're doing it ourselves. Um, and it's, it's passive too. You know what I mean? Like you have an edge now, like I said, that other people aren't doing so you know what to do next, right? I mean, yeah, go, go put it in practice. If you've ever seen your product um, that someone copied and put up as well, another great way to stay ahead of any of the copycatters, unless they're spending ads and you are, they're just not going to have a way to compete. I have bestsellers that have been, I mean, there's thousands of copies of them by this point, and I just don't have to really worry about it because those are never going <laughs> to generate the sales with the sales I'm generating through advertising. They're just not going to catch up. Yeah, that's another good point. Um, all right, so was there, uh, Cameron, was there anything, we're coming on one hour, is there anything else that you like wanted to share before we uh, kind of wrap up? Um, I don't know if anyone has any questions, like I'm happy to answer them, but that's, I mean, I the idea was just keep this pretty simple. I think we got a little more in the weeds than what we originally planned. It's all it was good. supposed to be like a 15 minute um, quick share on how to create some stuff, but um yeah, I hope that's uh, – I think it should be enough. For yeah, we still got a lot of, of live viewers. I think we did good. I think you did good. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah I, there's the there's here. some questions. I mean, there was a couple that were good. I'm trying to think. Like, I can pop them up on the screen. I was answering some in the chat. Um, did we miss any that, like, you guys might want to ask right now? Uh, I'm not really sure. I think we did. 
Yeah, I think job. this is probably about what uh, where we want to keep it at. Anything else is going to be a little more complex. Like I said, I wasn't even planning on necessarily getting into all this like segmentation. But I mean, th these lottery campaigns. So that's just like one example, putting all your ASINs in there. Um, there's other examples. Like you could do that for uh, a lottery campaign for just ASINs in a certain niche, for example. Like you could have all your cat designs in just one lottery ASIN. That's its own campaign. Um, again, I like to keep those. Uh, one ad group per, per campaign, just the way those placement adjustments work, but um, keeps it a little cleaner too. You don't have to go in and adjust, like go into each ad group, which can be a little bit tedious. Yeah, cool. Well, hey guys, before we wrap up too, I did just want to mention that uh, in addition to the replay being available, um, that's going to stay on both YouTube and Facebook. So of course, you know, you don't have to worry about it disappearing or anything like that. I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, that's like a big marketing tactic. Um, I want you guys to be able to reference this in the future. So of course we're going to leave it on. And um, just a reminder, like if you actually pop into the description of the video, you'll find a link to Cameron's Facebook group, which is Amazon ad university, basically like just a bunch of uh, wide spectrum, beginners, intermediate expert level sellers, sharing what's working, helping each other out. So you definitely want to pop in there, check that out. Also, I did put a link in the description. If you use that link and you're interested I know some of you guys are already in my Amazon merch course, but did just want to also remind you guys that there's an entire Amazon advertising module included in there. And if you have like questions and you need me to answer them, uh, you can actually like communicate through the course for the students. And if you are interested in joining the Amazon merch course, if and you, and you do it today on uh, 8, 19 Thursday, cause it expires tonight at about, I think uh, West coast time midnight. Uh, you'll get 10% off and Cameron for being so awesome and being here with this presentation also gets a cut of the enrollment fee. So if you guys did want to join my Amazon merch course, um, the advertising modules included amongst uh, along with everything else. And, um, you know, Cameron gets some kickback. I get some kickback uh, and you get access to me uh, directly. So did just want to mention that there's a link in the description that that's the link you have to use, by the way. <laughs> so to get the 10% off and whatnot. So. All right. Well, Cameron. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Man. Every time you come on, it's like I'm learning with everybody else from you, man. You're the you're the true advertising expert. I know. It, honestly, it just comes from like getting in there and testing. Like that's I'll keep harping on. It's like get in there, just get started. It's the most important thing and just test out, see what's going to work, what works for me. There's no like tried and true, like surefire advertising. Anyone that tells you differently is full of it. Um, all you can do is just get in there and start testing. See what, see what works for you and your products. Boom. Get in there and start testing. If you haven't launched an ad campaign and you have access, get up there, throw up your first one, let it ride for two weeks. Don't even touch it for two weeks. Pop back in. Well, actually you should probably check it just in case. Yeah, you just to... in case uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you accidentally, I actually had that. One of my campaigns went crazy. I accidentally, I, I have a tool that I adjust bids with and I set some that were uh, some of the lottery ones I had from five cents up to like 17 cents accidentally. And just the spend like went crazy because of the placement. So we've it was all like done that $3 bid kind of things. Um, yeah. It wasn't as bad as when I advertised someone else's product on accident though. I didn't realize it for like a week. <laughs> That's about as bad as it gets actually. Yeah. Yeah. You're spending money for that one. Yeah. They were getting orders too. Um, so that was a little well, unfortunate. Merry but. Christmas to them. Um, <laughs> Guys, thank you for attending. I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to uh, to be here and join us. Please, uh, like I said, just hit that like button at a minimum and subscribe if you're not. 
And uh, thank you, Cameron, again, for being here, guys. Appreciate yeah, thanks. it. Thanks. Cool. All right, yeah, everybody have everyone. a great day.